What's up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. I am your host, Hayden Vozar. I have with me here Matt Vozar, one of your co-hosts. And it is Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Hopefully everybody had a, a great Thanksgiving. And maybe you're out shopping right now, so you may not be listening tonight. But yeah, hopefully if, if you went shopping, you had a you had, you had a good good day today. I know I didn't go. I never really do that. But um yeah, the, my highlight of the day was the match, and that's what we're going to focus on today in this episode, because I think there's a lot to talk about here, not only with the match today, but also with just the history of Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Yes, we're talking about golf today. It's not going to be football. You guys know our Saturday episodes. Well, oh yeah, also, this isn't Saturday. You guys are probably wondering why we are doing it on Friday, not Saturday. I'm really busy tomorrow and the UVA Virginia Tech game is tomorrow. And so, and I'm going back to school and everything. So it's just gonna be really busy. So that's why we're doing it today. Hopefully everything will be fine with, with, with the upload schedule in the future. It should be. Um, and so, yeah, but we're just a day early today. And so we decided to do an episode on the match because it just happened and the result was not very expected. So yeah, Matt, Matt, what's up with you? Uh, well, just like to start off by saying Hayden never fails to always just, just crowbar in his own schedule and how much, you know, he wants you guys to know what's going on in his life. And I'm really proud of him for that. Um, it's just, you know, it just is really good. I'm, I'm glad that you do that because it allows people to just, you know, be inside of your, it's just, it's, it's great. I am really proud of you for doing that. Um, but no, on all seriousness, yeah, we're, we're here. We're doing this episode. It's, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit different, diversifying the content here. Um, you know, talking some golf, I probably, a lot of you guys probably don't even have, haven't even really watched, probably haven't even watched golf in your life. Um, it, it's, it's definitely uh, uh, kind of a, you know, a more, followed sport by I'd say older people um and then also kind of only around the majors uh the you know the golf majors kind of spread throughout the spring and the summer so um but uh but we had an opportunity you know kind of here at the end of the fall um with kind of some some bigger names involved in a in a you know in a match that uh you know that that just happened um and and there's kind of a lot of history here and everything like that um but but yeah, that's, I mean, you know, it's just kind of a fun thing to do. Like Hayden said, a little bit more relaxed type of type of feel here on the, uh, on the weekend episode. Um, and I think that, you know, it's going to be in the news, so we might as well talk about it and, and it already happened. So we can kind of go over it and just kind of, you know, also, you know, just kind of summarize the history of the, of the feud and then kind of what's going on. And we can even maybe get into some golf uh, in terms of kind of, you know, what, what to look for, what to watch for, um, you know, kind of basic stuff uh, kind of going forward here, uh, you know, kind of as we approach the new year. Yeah. So just kind of getting into what the match is, if any of you are listening and have never watched a capital one, the match, the match is sponsored by capital one. So it's, it's called capital one, the match. And it's basically just, it's usually it's usually a, a, a foursome of golfers that and there's usually like two professional golfers and then two other athletes or former professional athletes that play with the professional golfers. So it'll be on one team. It'll usually be a professional golfer and then another athlete from another sport. And then on the other team, it'll be the other professional golfer. And then to kind of just make, you know, make the teams even. 
But this one was just Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, and that was because these two guys have had a, an ongoing feud for the past two years, basically. And they, they, they don't like each other at all. And it's kind of a weird thing because it's golf. And it's like, you know, you have, you have players in the NFL, you have rivalries in other sports, NBA and everything like that. You have players that don't like each other, but it, like, it's kind of weird because we have, the, we now have this in golf and golf is one of those sports. Like Matt was saying, like a lot of you probably don't watch golf, but you know, the reason that you don't watch golf is because it's not really that exciting for people to watch if you don't play it. And if you don't really understand like how good these guys really are. And so it's weird to have this kind of rivalry in golf where, okay, yeah, you're playing against, against other guys, but you're not like going head to head with them toe to toe and, you know, in, in, in an aggressive sport or anything like that. So it's just kind of weird to have this, this, this rivalry between two golfers, but capital one, the match kind of reached out to these guys and was like, Hey, let's get a match going to kind of settle the beef here because both of them are, are two, they're, they're both two of the best golfers in the world. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of let Matt come in here with, with kind of the history behind Bryson and Brooks and how it pr- pretty much got all started. So it was only about a year ago, I think Hayden mentioned too. I think, I think it was only really a year ago. Um, and it was kind of just when we had all, I mean, co- when COVID was going on, golf was actually one of the only sports that really, kind of still they they didn't really miss a beat because for a lot of it you're kind of already separated from people you know kind of inevitably just by playing golf because you're you know you're hitting the ball like you know 200 300 yards out there and you know and you're kind of naturally socially distanced uh and so golf was one of the only sports that was being played during kind of the lockdown period and that's actually when I kind of really started to get into it um And I think that was kind of, you know, a lot of people kind of were in the same boat too, but uh, a few months after that, um, you kind of had this, these, these young, well, first of all, let me, let me kind of just, you know, describe a little bit kind of like the history of the last, I guess, kind of five-ish years, Um, not in any depth or anything, but we all know Tiger Woods, right? And so, you know, he, he was the greatest ever, you know, kind of still is, um, you know, had some troubles, came back, he won the, the 2000, 2019 Masters, and that was like, it was so uncalled for. It was like an insane thing that, you know, that he was able to win that tournament. Um, and then, you know, as of, I guess, you know, he, he was playing, I think for like in the next kind of year ish. And then at the beginning of 2021, I think in February or something, he had that crazy car crash. He like shattered his leg and, you know, obviously he's still recovering. Um, but yeah, but so it was kind of like golf was in this really weird period of, who are stars, right? Who are people tuning in to watch? Because we know that in every other sport, you have every single game that's going to be on. It's not necessarily, you know, some of it is about the game at hand and who's going to win the game. But a lot of it too is the stars that you're going to watch, right? You want to see how they perform. You want to see kind of, you know, if there's a rivalry going on, you know, you want to see who, who comes out on top. And so there wasn't really anybody to represent golf in the sense of like, who's going to take over, right? Because we have this entire, this huge void from after Tiger Woods was kind of off the map to where there's not really many people who are, who are worth watching or not many, you know, golfers that people know that are just going to be tuning in on an, you know, on an every weekend basis to be watching them play. And so this was kind of, I think the biggest thing that we had since Tiger, right? And so after we got rid of, you know, or after kind of Tiger stopped playing a lot and whatever, 
you have a lot of these young guys who are coming up and they're really good and they're really talented, but no one person really controlled the sport in the way that Tiger Woods did. And I think that it was good for golf. And a lot of people who are avid fans about golf say the same thing. They said, it's good to have competition because anybody can win on any given Sunday or weekend, Thursday through Sunday, because that's kind of the days on which they play. But, uh, but you had kind of this, this diversification of, perspectives from people who you know if you're only watching the golf majors which happen there's four you know kind of golf majors throughout the year but golf is really played almost every single weekend of the entire year and so you had you know avid fans who were like this is good we want young players we want to see who's going to be jockeying for a position that anybody can win on any you know on any day um but then the people who are watching the majors are like well who do i root for if i only want to watch the golf majors you know four times if i'm only going to watch golf four times a year which is essentially what I was doing kind of before about, you know, a year ago, um, it's, it's really, there's not really even much of a reason to tune in. Like if you hear that, you know, Kevin Tway is leading after Sunday at the masters, you're like, why, what's the point of watching on Sunday? Okay. You can see this guy win, but there's no context to put behind it, who he is, the story, you know, you know, who, who he's beaten in the past, where he's going to go from here. So, so there was a lot of this kind of, there was like a, you know, kind of a either, either extreme, uh, you know, on a perspective behind this, um, and so really what kind of started a year ago was Bryce, uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka were, were kind of two up and coming young stars. Bryson DeChambeau had won a couple tournaments when he had first started out kind of playing, you know, he was, he was a good golfer and essentially he decided that he was going to change the game, which was basically by beefing up, lifting, you know, basically just getting really big, um, you know, working out all the time, lifting weights. And his, and his theory was, I'm going to hit the crap out of the ball. And it's essentially to the point where I'm going to hit it so far that it doesn't matter how much accuracy I have, right? It doesn't really have, matter how much skill I have. If I can just hit the ball the furthest, then I should be able to win. And it was interesting because it was kind of this, like, it happened over a month. And so, you know, Bryson goes away and he's like this skinny new kid and whatever. He comes back and he, and he looks like the rock, right? And so people are like, okay, whatever. Like this guy's just a, you know, he's just a preppy boy. Like he's just trying to hit the ball far, like whatever. And it was followed up by, he almost kind of took on this ego of what people people's perspective was of him which is this right egotistical kind of you know he would walk around in his puma hat he wears one of those like the the, the, the french like hat things that are they cover your top of your head but they kind of come out of it on the on the top um and and right and so he 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 kind of that was his persona um and he's very arrogant right i mean you know a lot of times he'd be in contention with with other people when the tournament was coming down to the wire and you know he would just talk about how good he was and, and wouldn't really care about anyone else um and so that's kind of the nature of Bryson DeChambeau and kind of what he became over the course of, you know, a little bit there after he started to become, you know, kind of one of the one of the better golfers, uh, you know, in the sport. Then we have Brooks Kepka, who literally came out of nowhere. And he's actually it's really interesting. You should you know, if you have the time, look up his history, kind of where he came from, because he was one of those guys that really never was given a chance. He wasn't that great. And, and he basically went to he went to like the like the Middle East tour or something. Um, they had like a you know, they had like a golf kind of range type of tournament style thing um, in the Middle East and Europe. And he was golfing over there and he could barely, you know, he could barely afford his hotel stay for the time that he was playing golf there. And then all of a sudden just got, got really good. Um, 
And so, and, and then he came to the U S and started playing on the PGA tour and he won a bunch of tournaments. He won four majors uh, and, 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 and right. And just kind of came out of nowhere, but is now respected as, you know, one of the best golfers in the game. And so about a year ago, kind of to get back to, to where the feud started here, um, it, it was kind of, you know, they would, they would get under each other's skin because they're also very active on social media. Right. And so there's this whole Twitter beef that started where, you know, every time Bryson would hit a bad shot, Brooks would, you know, would subtweet him and, and say, say some, you know, just like a small comment that would get everybody fired up. And then, you know, Bryson would be all like pissy when he got on TV and he'd be like, oh, no, like that's not, you know, whatever. Um, and so this kind of just kept going and kept going. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now. Um, it was just, it's just kind of a, it's, it's not even really, it's almost like a meme. It's not even a real rivalry. Like these guys weren't ever really like facing off, you know, against each other in the final minutes of this dying tournament. Like it wasn't anything serious like that. It was just like, you know, one of them had won a lot of times. One of them hadn't really won that many times and then beefed up and still didn't really win that many times. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of how this how this all began. And I know I was kind of rambling there for a second, but that was just I think a, a good way to kind of explain where we were at when Tiger was golfing, what happened after that, and then kind of now where we're at, where we actually have some stars who are making a names for themselves in golf, and it's kind of reaching the mainstream media beyond just people who are avid golf fans. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting that you said that this, that this rivalry isn't really like a true rivalry. And that's kind of, it's, it's true because they've never, they've actually never played together. Like they've never played in a pair. They've never, cause pairs in, in golf, it's, it's in golf tournaments, you, you play in pairs, like you, you tee off and then somebody else tees off with you at the same time or at this, you know, like right after you. And then you basically play in a pair throughout the course and you go one after another, and then whoever's furthest from the hole, basically, after each shot hits um, hit, hits their shot. And so thinking about a rivalry that would start, you would expect something to be, you know, you would expect them to be in a pair, and then one guy does something to mess the other guy up, you know, like maybe like makes some kind of sound in, in his backswing or tries to mess him up in some way, and the rivalry starts like that. But they've never played together in a pair. They've just, like Matt said, it just kind of started over social media, and they kind of Bryson, I mean, um, Brooks kind of just picked out something to make fun of in Bryson's game, and it just turned out to keep on going. And there was one, there was one clip where Brooks actually, I think Brooks was getting, he was getting interviewed, I think, and Bryson DeChambeau walks behind him. And I don't even think that Bryson said anything, but you could see Bryson walk behind him, like in the shot. And Brooks literally he kind of like looks over to the side and sees out of the corner of his eye that it's Bryson that's walking by and he like scoffs and rolls his eyes out of nowhere and Bryson didn't even like he didn't make a smart comment there was nothing nothing to to set Brooks off but he just rolls his eyes and then that's kind of where it was it was really the media really took that and and, and kind of made this rivalry up as we say and kind of you know perpetuated this idea of okay well now these two guys are beefing and it's this is this is kind of the face of golf like Matt said because there was no there was no big news in golf at that time and so right again here we are the match we have it you know we had the match today and this was highly anticipated because this is the first match since I think Memorial Day or something or something like that I mean yeah 
before before the summer. This is the first Capital One the match before the summer, and it's really fun because the the announcers. It's not like a regular golf a regular golf tournament where the announcers are you know they're really like soft spoken and you hear Jim Nance whispering in your ear. But this the Capital One matches are you know it's it's a bunch of funny guys. Like today they had um, Phil Mickelson, they had Char- Charles Barkley. Sometimes plays in the match, but he's a really funny guy and he was one of the one of the broadcasters today. And so, you know, Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley, they go back and forth with the players and they're, they, they're, they're actually talking to the golfers while they golf basically. And so in between shots, they'll ask him, you know, Oh, well, what are you thinking here for this shot? How do you feel about the rest of the round? Blah, blah, blah. And so it's kind of like an interactive golf round, as opposed to, you know, you're just cutting back and forth between a hundred golfers throughout the weekend, like a regular golf tournament would be. And so, it's a lot more fun if you guys if you guys don't like golf in the first place it probably would be hard to get into the, into the match but like if you guys if if you're not a fan of the you know the quiet and just really slow paced um slow paced nature of watching golf i would highly recommend watching the match as kind of getting into golf because if you if you can appreciate the game itself watching the match i would say it's it's a lot more exciting and i would say it probably would, you know, it would it um it would heighten your interest in 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 watching golf in general. But anyway, so yeah, so today they played, and Bryson DeChambeau currently is ranked, I think, seventh in the world, and Brooks Kepka is ranked, I think, sixteenth. And so Bryson DeChambeau has he has been playing better as of late than Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka hasn't really been doing much as of late. I mean he really for the past year, I would say he hasn't, I mean, he's come, he's come close some, a couple times in the majors, but he didn't win any of the majors this past year. And so he hasn't really has had much success in, in, in about a year since COVID. And so pretty much the narrative here was that, okay, well, Bryson's going to come in and he's, you know, he's been, he's on a hot streak and he's doing at least better than bright than Brooks is. And so he's going to, he's going to take this one easily. And it didn't, that was not the turnout at all. I know Matt Matt was at work for the first six holes, and so I'll kind of go over the first six holes and kind of give you the, the, the rundown of that. But basically what happened was Brooks went up three – he went up three shots in the first six holes. And so they're playing – they only played 12 holes. I don't – I forget the reason. If Matt knows why they only played 12 holes. Okay. Yeah. He's shaking his head. I don't know why they only played 12 holes. It's usually 18, like a full round of golf is, but they only played 12. And so through the first six, through the first half, um, Brooks Kepka was up three on, on Bryson DeChambeau. And so, and that that's huge because it's, they were playing what's called match play. And in match play, you, if you, if you win by a stroke on any hole, then you go up by one. You, it's not stroke play is you can go up by, you know, 15 strokes on one hole if 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 the other guy shanks every shot in the water but match play it's one hole you get one point if you beat the other guy if it's even it stays even and so on and so you can only go up by one stroke or you can only go down by one stroke in each hole and so basically when it came down to it brooks was up by three at after six holes at you know at the halfway point and so Bryson was kind of, you know, the, the heat was on Bryson and Bryson was like, all right, well, I got to start being more aggressive and go for it. And he started doing that. And again, like th- that's his game is being aggressive and hitting really long shots. 
and it just didn't work out with work out for him. Both of the guys were missing a lot of the fairways. They were just trying to bomb their drives, especially Bryson. And yeah, I mean, it, Bryson, like he, I think he just fell behind in the, in the, in the first couple holes. And Brooks Kepka is one of those guys film. If you, if you're watching Phil Mickelson said it a lot, Brooks Kepka is one of those guys where like, if you doubt him at all, if you, if you, you know, if, if you give him any kind of emotional advantage, then he's going to take, take advantage of that. And, and he's in, you know, he's going to do better off of it. And that's, I think that's one of Brooks Kepka's best parts of his game is his emotions. He, sh- he shows almost no emotion ever on the course. And that was one of the weird things about the whole Bryson thing is like, okay, well, Brooks is this emotionless guy. Why, like, why is he beefing with, with, with Bryson DeChambeau, you know? And so I was handing it over to Matt to kind of, to kind of talk about, um, what he thinks of the match, but yeah, we'll go into depth more about the actual play. Yeah. So it ended up being, um, I mean, again, I didn't really watch that much of it because like Hayden said, kind of it's because it's match play. If you win a hole, then you know that that's over. And so realistically you're only able to gain a stroke on the other player if you win the hole. And so what ended up happening was, uh, you know, Brooks Kepka ended up going up by four strokes, uh, meaning that, the the only way that Bryson would have even been able to come back and tie him was to win, you know, have a better score than Brooks on four straight holes. And we got to the point where there were three holes left and, and Brooks Kepka was still up by four, which means that Bryson, even if he had won the next three holes, wouldn't have even been able to catch Brooks Kepka. So it was like this sweet. So they just ended the match. Right. And that, that was kind yeah. of it. And that's the best way to do it. Like you're not going to play if there's no point in, you know, in, in, in who can actually kind of you changing the winner and stuff. Um, so Brooks Kepka won by four and, and that was, that was pretty much it. And I think that it, a lot of what, you know, we, we kind of talk about when it comes to the game that the guy, that these guys are playing, um, you know, because they have very different styles, like Hayden was mentioning, um, it kind of came through in this match where Brooks Kepka was just very calm. You know, he hit his drives well, he putt well, and Bryson was just kind of all over the place, which is like kind of just the nature of his game. Again, like I said, you know, if you're going to be chasing distance and you hit the ball as far as you possibly can, you're not going to be able to be extremely accurate with where the ball is going to be landing. And, and for, for a lot of the times, like that has worked out for him, right? He's, he's won a lot of tournaments by doing that. But, you know, on some courses and some layouts, it just doesn't really work. Uh, and I think this is just kind of one of those times that it, that it didn't really work. And, and as Hayden mentioned, so far in the fall series, you know, over the past few tournaments that, that they've had since kind of, you know, I guess July and August and stuff, Brooks Kepka has been pretty bad, actually. He's been missing the cut. He's been, you know, he's been just playing really kind of, kind of poorly and and Bryson DeChambeau just just as an aside too you can really if you're I mean if you're a good golfer and you've made a lot of money already you can essentially choose what tournaments you don't you have uh, you want to play you don't have to play in every single one of them and so that's why you see like a lot of the times when there's uh you know when the good guys are playing in a tournament it's one that's going to be kind of you know compelling to watch because the good guys are going to be competing it'll be interesting to see who wins kind of once you've gotten to know a bunch of the you know the good guys in the sport whereas there's other tournaments that you know only a couple guys will play you know maybe you know a couple of the top 20 guys in the world and then the rest of it's just kind of random people um 
And so Bryson DeChambeau wasn't really playing a lot of the tournaments as of recently. And so people were kind of saying, well, you know, Brooks Kepka, like he's been playing, but he's been playing badly. Bryson hasn't really been playing, but I mean, that doesn't mean that he's been playing badly. Right. So he, he should probably win. Um, and, and that's not what happened at all. And I think that, you know, it was definitely a, a kudos to Brooks Kepka for kind of just, you know, getting in on his game, practicing, you know, clearly being ready for today. Um, whereas, right, like we kind of talk about Bryson DeChambeau being kind of a pretty boy, whatever, was probably, you know, just hyping this up, posting TikToks and just all over social media, like I'm the best, like whatever. Um, and so and so that kind of came to the forefront here is a good kind of indication of their play styles, their their preparation um, and kind of how how they all work out in that way. And then I think just as because we didn't really I didn't really go over this too well, um, but but it's it's definitely it's definitely true that Books Kapka has been the more successful golfer by far in either of their careers so far you judge golfers in most cases by how many major major tournaments that they've won and as i i did mention this before brooks kept has won four and bryson DeChambeau's only won one and and so brooks kept i think he he won i think in all of those four major major uh tournaments were won from 2017 to 2019 and then bryson DeChambeau won in 2020 and so Bryson DeChambeau's won a major more recently, but Brooks Kepka's like still had, you know, way more success at majors. He's won more tournaments, he won more money, um, kind of all of this stuff. And so, but but because Brooks hasn't really won a lot recently and Bryson's won a little bit more recently, it's kind of thought of as like, okay, well, maybe Brooks is slowing down a little bit and Bryson can catch up to him and whatever. But it's just always kind of been, it's it's just been a known fact that Brooks is the better golfer than Bryson. And, and so that's why people get annoyed, especially people who follow golf a lot, is like, why is this guy Bryson, you know, kind of, trying to take over the the golf scene and make himself into this star when, and, and, and kind of, you know, go at Brooks and be like, you know, oh like Brooks is, is so, and he's trying to annoy him on the set and everything. And it's like, why is he trying to do that? If clearly like everybody knows, and he knows himself that Brooks Kepka is the better golfer. Um, and so that's kind of where, as I said before, it was, it was almost, people were thinking of it almost as a meme where it's like, okay, wait, are these guys actually even really beefing? Is there actually any fight here, any argument? Or is this literally just a publicity stunt so that we can make, so they can make the sport of golf, you know, more popular. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the jury's still out on whether or not like that's kind of actually true or not. I think it's partially true. Um, and, and it was kind of just, it may, they may have just behind closed doors been like, Hey, like, dude, let's just, let's just start like having a social media beef. So people notice it and, you know, and we can kind of become the stars of golf and we can make it, uh, you know, more of a popular sport now. Um, again, who, who really knows? I do think that to some extent they're, they actually are annoyed by each other, but, but then we saw in the fall, there's this event called the Ryder cup and, and a and that's it's it's basically the best golfers from the U.S. versus the best golfers from Europe and Bryson and Brooks being the best, you know, of the best golfers from the U.S. were both on the same team. And it was and, you know, kind of going in there. It was like, oh, well, you know, the U.S. is probably going to beat Europe. But how is it going to be when Bryson and Brooks finally have to be on the same team? And we really saw that not even really be a factor. I mean, they didn't necessarily play together, but they were on the same team and they played well for team USA and team USA went out there and crushed the Europeans. And, you know, afterwards you see them all celebrating and like Brooks and Bryson hug it out. And it's like, wow, is this thing like over just, you know, just like that. Um, 
And so now we see this, you know, the match happening where they're just on the same course together. It was almost like this, like, again, kind of like what Hayden was saying before. It's like, they're not football players. They're not like really tough guys who weigh a ton and they lift all the time. And, you know, they could beat each other up if they wanted to. They're golfers at the end of the day. And so it was like, people were romanticizing this and being like, oh my gosh, if, if they're on the same course together, what's going to happen? Dude, they're golfers. Like they play, they, they don't, they don't do physical activity or, you know, they, they're not, their sport that they play is not physically involved where you're hitting people and, and kind of, you know, running into people, whatever. Um, and so, and so, you know, right. So they had the Ryder cup, they played well, they played together, you know, they enjoyed it. Um, and then now they had the match and they were on the same course together and it wasn't nothing crazy happened. Um, and so I think it's kind of now understood as like, Hey, this beef happened they're not necessarily going to be friends at this point. Um, but I think they've kind of, they've kind of pushed it aside because it's gotten, it, I mean, it did like, like Hayden said, it lasted for, you know, a year or even more than that. Um, and so it's kind of old at this point too, uh, especially for people who kind of follow golf. It's like, we don't want to hear, be, be hearing about this anymore. Um, and so that's, that's, I guess, maybe the end of it. I'm not sure. And that's kind of where I'm going to let Hayden take it away now and kind of talk about where he thinks it'll go from here. Yeah, so at, at the end of the match, like Matt said, it, it ended after hole nine because Brooks was still up um, four shots on on Bryson, and so Bryson had no way to come back. They they shook hands after it, you know, the the polite thing to do, or kind of it's like golf courtesy, I guess. To after after your match, if you're playing against somebody, you take off your hat if you're wearing one, and then you kind of just shake hands over the over the hole. And that's kind of just a, you know, a good game, kind of a salute to the other player, respect, whatever, whatever the case may be. But so, so they did that. And, you know, you could hear him say, good job, man. Or I think Bryson came up to him. Bryson initiated it and he said, okay, you know, good job, man. You played really well today. And then, and then uh, Brooks kind of followed up with, yeah, man, appreciate it. Good, good job today. And so, but they stopped at that, you know, it was just kind of a, a handshake and then they kind of just kept on walking their separate ways. And so after that, they actually, I think, I don't know if this was intentional, if, if this was going to happen anyway, but I think since the match ended so early, they actually, they added on a couple extra kind of like mini challenges. And so one of them was a long driving challenge, which that's right up Bryson's alley. And so he won that, but these, I mean, these things are after the, after the win. And so, you know, Brooks has already locked up this win. That's all he wanted to do. He, I don't think he wanted to do these extra challenges because it was really just a way for Bryson DeChambeau to, to show off, in my opinion. It was just a way for him to show off, oh, I can, I can hit the ball, you know, with a 205-mile-an-hour ball speed, which is true. He actually did that in the, in the long drive challenge. And he hit – his longest drive was a 402-yard drive in the fairway, which is incredibly impressive – but again, like Brooks still won. And so I think Brooks was kind of just standing there and he was like, well, I mean, I won nonetheless. And Bryson acknowledged that he was like, yeah, I think, I think he, after he won the, the little long drive competition at the end there, he, you know, he said, he was like, well, I still lost. So it doesn't, you know, doesn't matter how far you can hit the ball. It's just how, how many strokes you can get in the hole and you're, you know, the least amount of strokes that you can get in the hole. And so, yeah, I mean, Brooks still won. And so towards the end there, it was just kind of, I think Brooks was kind of losing interest and, and Bryson was just kind of having, trying to have fun with it as much as he could just because he, he had just lost by so many. I mean, losing by four strokes in a match play is, is actually like a lot, you know, especially when these golfers are supposed to be as even as they are. And so, yeah, I mean, from here, I think there was a, there was a post-game 
I mean, a post-match interview kind of where they had a reporter standing in, in between the two of them. And Bryce, Bryson looked fine. Brooks, on the other hand, looked so annoyed. I don't know if Matt saw it, but Brooks looked really, really annoyed. He did not want to do that. And so the reporter kind of just went to, you know, back and forth to each of them and asked them, okay, well, you know, is, the, is it settled? Or are we going to have a rematch? And I think Bryson said, oh, you know, it, it would be great to have a rematch. Both of them kind of just said, yeah, much respect for the other guy, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it, it was just, you know, it was very surface level. Like they didn't, they didn't say, oh yeah, I mean, everything's settled now. Like we're, we're fine now. In fact, Brooks is the one who won it. And so I would expect him at least to be more of the, oh yeah, you know, like this, it's, it's fine now. Cause he won. I mean, if I'm him, I'm like, okay, well I just beat him by four strokes in match play. So obviously I'm somewhat of a better golfer than him. You know, he's ranked higher in the world than me, but again, I'm, I just played it one-on-one with him, no excuses. And I just beat his tail off. And so I don't know if, if I were Brooks, I would be more happy and I would probably be more willing to say on TV. Okay. Yeah. It's, you know, it's settled, but he didn't look happy at all. I mean, he was standing there next to Bryson and he same thing, same thing, just straight face. And even, even like a, you know, a mad slash frowning, frowning face. And so I think from here, I mean, it's, it's not settled. Like I, it's both of them. I think the, the reporter asked Bryce or I think, I think she asked Brooks, you know, are you guys friends now? And he was like, no, like his, he, no hesitation. Brooks, Brooks, Brooks went, no. And same with Bryson. Bryson was the same way. He was like, no, we're not, you know, it's, it's, it, I think for them, it's not a matter of, are we cool, you know, socially as friends it's kind of just okay i respect your game and for brooks it's i'm better than you right now and so i think that's that's a narrative from 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 here on out but what was interesting in the match to me i think and this was this kind of got on my nerves first of all i'm not you know i don't don't like to bring much bias into it but i'm not the biggest bryson the fan just because he's super cocky like if, if you if you watch him anywhere he'll you'll he'll manage to, to make some kind of comment or some kind of, you know, he'll, he'll manage to, to, to find a way to basically show that he's better in some way, shape or form or show off in some way, basically. And so I don't really like that about him because, and Brooks is the opposite. Brooks is like, okay, I play my game. I play my, you know, I play my game how I want. And if you don't like it, then whatever. But yeah, two examples of this too, the kind of the, the Bryson cockiness that, that Hayden was just talking about. Um, I think it was, I'm not going to really get the dates on this correct, but it was definitely, I think both of these instances, one was in the spring, maybe one was in the summer. Um, one occurred during a major, either the PGA or the US Open. And essentially Bryson was, I think he was in like the running to almost win it or, or maybe he'd had a, it was either he had a really bad round to start or he was like about to win it. And then he just like, you know, kind of crapped it away and, and played badly and lost it. He, uh, he started blaming people were like, Oh, you know, what's, what's wrong with your game? What happened? And he blamed his club manufacturer for his bad play. And he was basically, he threw them under the butt. Like he said, like terror, he was just like, they don't know what they're doing. Like, you know, I, I can't believe that I, like, they're the only re- they're the sole reason that I wasn't able to play well today. I, you know, I, I, I'm never going to, you know, get another club from them again. And it's like the club manufacturer actually came out. Cause a lot of, in a lot of times, like, you know, the company's like, whatever it, it happened, it, it, you know, they're selling 
clubs to whoever wants to buy it. They're, no, they're not, they're not really involved in kind of whatever happened with that. And also because they're kind of a sponsor of him and he's obviously paying them a large sum of money to make the clubs for him. You know, and a lot of times like that, a sponsor will kind of just shut up about it. They won't say anything. They'll just, you know, okay, whatever, we'll take it as long as, you know, the kind of the relationship continues or whatever. The club manufacturer came out and was like, basically just put him on blast and was like, Everything he's saying is false. He told us the exact dimensions, the angle of the, you know, the club face and the shaft and everything that he wanted. We did exactly what he wanted. Cause you know, a lot of times what the golfers do is they'll go into kind of go into a shop and just, they'll do a bunch of swings and they'll have kind of golf experts and club experts be able to analyze the shot and then build a club that best suits the need of the golfer based on their swing and what they want to do. As I mentioned before, kind of, you know, with Bryson trying to chase distance and shoot it as far as he can the club manufacturer just absolutely throttled him and was just like he told us exactly what he wanted us to do we had you know recommendations for him and he told us not to do that he told us how he wanted the club and everything and like after that it was like okay wait like this guy is actually just blaming his own fault of just having a bad round of golf on a club manufacturer who like the club at the end of the day too like the club isn't really it's important to have a good club but like realistically right if you're if you're like shooting if you're having like shooting things into the woods and stuff like clearly something's messed up with your own game and so right and so they kind of came out and then that was a pretty big story where it was like he was just a complete hypocrite um the second instance was at a smaller tournament but but still you know one that he was playing um a lot of people call Brooks Kepka, they kind of you know, nicknamed him Brooksy. Um, and so at one of the tournaments that Bryson DeChambeau was playing, when he was on the tee box ready to shoot, uh, well, no, it wasn't even ready to shoot because it golf etiquette, obviously, if you're watching golf and you're there at the premises, you're not supposed to talk, you're supposed to be quiet while the golfers kind of, you know, do their shots. Um, and it wasn't even when he was ready to shoot. It was still like we, he was like practicing. He was just kind of standing there, whatever. And there were a bunch of fans who were calling Bryson Brooksy. As in like, you know, just to kind of get on his nerves because they knew that he didn't like Brooks Kepka, And so they were like, oh, Brooksy, like, you know, looks like you have a great shot there, Brooksy, all this stuff. So they're kind of making fun of him. And to some extent, you could say, yeah, like, you know, they shouldn't be screaming that at him. Like, just it's a golf event, like whatever. Um, and that, you know, and that you know, that, 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 that probably shouldn't go on there, but at the same time, like these guys are professional athletes. They're getting paid millions of dollars and they should know how to handle themselves. Their mental capacity for kind of, you know, pushing out the BS, just getting to, you know, getting on their game and playing well should be way above someone calling him Brooksy. And so what ended up happening was the guys that he, that, that called him that he like stopped play. He was like, everybody stop. I'm, you know, I need to deal with this right now. And he goes over to the people who were saying it and like physically like makes them leave the tournament. Like they, they paid their hard earned money to go to this tournament. And sure, maybe they didn't have the best intentions in mind by screaming Brooksy at Bryson, you know, but again, it's like these guys are so insignificant compared to like who he is as a golfer who makes so much money and everything like that. And so he basically just forced the tournament officials to, you know, evacuate these guys um, and make them leave when like the tournament officials themselves were totally fine with it. They were like, Hey, they're not interrupting play. They're just chant. They're just, you know, ch- chanting stuff. And, and that happens all the time at golf events. Uh, and so that was, I think kind of the second, you know, those two, the, the whole club manufacturer thing. And then the whole Brooksy incident where he, you know, he kicks out the people were two of the bigger examples of this year, kind of why everyone in the golf community and even outside of it, you know, heard about it and was like, dude, this guy is just, 
he's just annoying. And so that's kind of the the basis behind, as Hayden was mentioning, Brooks Kepka is just sitting there like, yeah, I just beat your butt. And like, I still don't, I'm not happy about it. I just don't really want to be around you because he's a really solid down to earth guy. And like, why would he want to waste time hanging out with this dude who like clearly doesn't care about the fans who came there to watch him and his club manufacturer who's been loyal to him, you know, for that his whole career. Um, and so those are kind of two examples of, again, why he's, he's kind of given this egotistical negative persona, which is, I think, warranted because he's just kind of a jerk sometimes. That was a good, you know, that was a good overview of, of why Bryson is, is not really liked by he's, he's, he's one of those guys. He's one of those sports figures. And it, we see it all across sports. You know, he like you either love him or you hate him. A lot of guys think a lot of guys look up to him and say, OK, well, I want to be able to hit the ball. I want to be able to drive the ball 370 yards, you know, and hit it straight. And that's 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 cool. Like he he can do that. And basically nobody else on tour can do that as consistently as he can. Now, you know, he shanks a lot of his drives. But again, yeah, he, he has that power. And a lot of guys look up to him for that. But I thought it was really interesting during the match. Phil Mickelson, through, especially throughout this, the first six holes. Now, Phil Mickelson was one of the was one of the broadcasters. And if you guys don't know, he's one of the greatest golfers of all time. He he's retired now, um, but he's he won. He won the uh, he won the open in 2020. Yeah, 2021. Right. He won, he won is he the retired? PGA championship. As well. PGA championship. OK, yeah. Um, he won the PGA championship just recently. And, you know, nobody expected that because he's like over 50 years old, which is crazy. And so, yeah, so he was one of the broadcasters and at the beginning of the match, somebody was asking him for his prediction of what would happen. And I, I think it was after hole one and after hole one, they were, it was all square, which means even they both got pars. And I think it, it might've been like halfway through hole two. And it looked like Brooks was going to go one up on Bryson, which did happen. He went up, he went one up through the second hole and yeah, and Mickelson actually said he said, "Okay, well, I think I think Brooks is going to go one up here, but I think throughout the match, I think Bryson's really going to find his groove, and he's going to be able to come back and win this match, basically." And so, you know, Bryson didn't go up once. Bryson was not up at all throughout the whole entire round, and we saw Brooks just clean sweep this guy. And actually, Brooks towards the end, again, a guy who doesn't show much emotion. Brooks towards the end actually said, you know, like I said, they, the golfers converse with, with the broadcasters in, in the capital one matches. And Brooks actually said, he goes, Hey, Phil, you know, how you feel? How are you still feeling good about your prediction? And he was already, you know, I think he, I think this was after he went four up um, through eight. And so, and then he, you know, he ended up winning, winning on nine. And so it was just, it was just kind of weird to see that because also, I mean, yeah, like, Brooks, I mean, Bryson, sorry, I keep on getting them mixed up, dude. It's so hard to say their names, it's both Bs and whatever. But Bryson is, like I said, he's he's ranked higher in the overall world rankings of golf, you know, the PGA rankings, as he should be because of, of late he's he's been doing better. And so a lot of people thought that Bryson was going to win this. And it was interesting because Phil Mickelson, like not only did he, did he say – not only was his prediction that Bryson was going to come back throughout the round, but he like it, it was so biased. His commentary every single time Bryson went Bryson went up to hit a shot, he would say something about, oh, you know, 
this is Bryson's shot. Like this is his bread and butter. Butter. He's gonna, you know, do this. He's gonna he's gonna hit it off the backdrop. It's gonna roll back, spin back. You know, about ten feet, and then land two feet from the hole. Like Phil Mickelson was hyping Bryson up so much. Every dude, he did not say a word about Brooks Kepka until Brooks Kepka until Brooks Kepka went up three. Like it was it was crazy the bias in the commentary. I mean, if if you can watch a recording, I highly advise to do so throughout the first six holes dude phil was all over bryson i mean he was oh dude this guy's so good he can you know he's so amazing he can hit it so far and his short game he's really improved recently and every single time he said it was almost like the you know the broadcaster jinx every single time he said that brooks i mean bryson would hit a worse shot than brooks brooks would just you know hit an hit a nine iron right up on the green you know six feet from the hole and Phil wouldn't say anything. He would just stay quiet. And it's like, dude, it's so, so obvious that you're in favor of Bryson here, which you shouldn't be, especially in, in, in a match like this. It's like, this is more for the entertainment. And this one especially is for, is to, you know, is to settle, okay, well, who's the better golfer or who's the better of, you know, the better side of the rivalry. So I don't know. It, it was just, it was really surprising. And again, I'm a little bit biased. So it got me a little bit fired up. I was like, dude, Phil, why are you, why are you hyping Bryson up and not giving Brooks any, any credit until he goes up by three and until he's about to win the match? It's like, dude, it's not, you can't, you can't go back on, on your words. And he, he kind of had to eat his words at the end. He was like, yeah, you know, Brooks showed up and he, he's a great player. And that's when Phil went on to say, oh, you know, Brooks won this match because of his emotional um, his his emotional way or his his way of controlling his emotions and kind of taking it taking advantage of people putting him down and taking advantage of, of, of adversity and so I, I thought that was kind of interesting and again it got me a little bit fired up but who really cares about what I think it's it's you know I would a hundred percent agree with that thank you for sharing Aiden that's that's a very true statement you just said there good analysis um so, yeah, so, so I agree. I think it was, it was good that they had it. And obviously all the proceeds went to charity. So that's good. It, you know, the, I'm sure the golfers were being paid to do it on the side, but yeah. the, you know, all the, whatever they broadcasted at least was, was going to charity. And I mean, each, like Hayden mentioned, they had the long, uh, the, uh, the long drive thing and each of those holes, it was like 300,000 something um, going to charity. So it was, it was a good, you know, it was for a good cause. And, and, uh, and I think they were donating a lot of the proceeds from the, from the ratings that they got, based on how many people were watching, whatever. So I think it was an overall positive experience. It was, you know, it was kind of weird that they, that they did it on Black Friday at 4 p.m., but, you know, it, it, it's, I guess, you know, you kind of got it in, kind of got to get it in when you do. And, and that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. We can kind of transition now to a little bit more of general golf talk, which is what I'm all about. Um, and because there's not really much left for this year. Now, like I said earlier, they golf is really played almost year round um, with, especially on the PGA tour and they go to kind of all over America. Right. And so really the only time that you like literally, literally can't play is obviously pretty much the month of December. Um, and so that's kind of what we have coming up here. We just finished uh, kind of the, what they call the fall series. Um, and it's a little bit, you know, there's a bunch of smaller tournaments and, and not very many, uh, you know, not very, not very many big name players were, were participating in those. Uh, and I think it started. So the other thing too, is like, there's a weird kind of 
delineation in the start of the PGA season, uh, which I think was back in maybe September, the first week of September or something was the first, uh, technically the first week of the PGA season, but it was after a, like a week break. So they only had like one weekend off and they were playing again the next weekend. Um, and so that's when the actual season started. But then there's kind of, like I said, there's kind of this break where I think there's, there was a, uh, there was a tournament last weekend. Uh, there's nothing this weekend. I think there's another one next weekend. Then they have another kind of two week break. Um, and then basically once the new year starts, so the first weekend in January will be kind of the, the actual start of the, basically from January until the, you know, the middle to end of August will be, there will be a golf tournament every single weekend, regardless of what other sports are going on and, and everything like that. So, um, so, so yeah, so we're kind of in a dead period for golf in terms of the sport at large. But, uh, but, but, and I, so I think this was kind of a good kind of tie up uh, type of thing because we hadn't really seen these, these types of quality players at the, at the tournaments that had been played so far in the fall. Um, and I think that, you know, as we kind of get into the, get into the season next, next year, um, obviously there's not a major until the masters in April. So, we, you know, we're going to have to wait a little bit for that, but, but it'll be just kind of interesting to see if these guys really perform up to the standards that they've been playing at, um, if they're able to kind of win any of these tournaments, or if there's some young guns out there who are kind of, you know, on the come up and, and see if they can kind of take over and, uh, and, and see kind of who, who's going to win a bunch of tournaments this year. For example, last season, the only golfers to, to get at least three wins in the course of the PGA tour season was Jason Kokrak and Harris English. And it's like, who are those guys? Even if you followed golf for like, a, you know, generally you're watching the majors and stuff, you wouldn't even really know who those guys are. And so that's kind of the, the limbo thing that we're in right now, where even though Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka are very good golfers and we still have the classics, you know, we have Dustin Johnson, you know, we have John Rahm, we have Colin Morikawa, all these guys who are you know, pretty, still pretty young, um, and, 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 and definitely will be kind of the face of golf as we, as we keep going here, despite having all these big names and the potential for a lot of these guys to really take over. I don't think that we're ever going to see a, a time period in which, or, or that matched that of when Tiger Woods was so dominant. I mean, it is, it is crazy. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm kind of your, your resident, you know, sports betting guy um, on any given tournament, the odds to win the tournament are obviously, you know, you get, you get the better odds for the people who are worse, but, but let's just put it this way. So if you bet, let's say, if you bet like the Steelers to win the Super Bowl right now, right. Which like, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. That you would basically be betting that at the same exact price that you would for, you know, Dustin Johnson, who's like, I think the world number one or John Rahm, the world number one to win the next tournament. And it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like that's this, the Steelers have no chance to win the Super Bowl, And John Rahm has a very good chance of winning this golf tournament. And it's just like, that's kind of the randomness that's inherent in the sport. But the, the, the kind of the deal is there when Tiger Woods was at his peak, he was the same odds as the Steelers to win their next game, right? It was like basically like plus 150, plus 200. And you see the on average, any tournament that you're going to see for the next probably five years, unless someone really just turns into Tiger Woods, the lowest that you're going to see is probably plus 800, 
right? Which is a huge difference. And so that's kind of the, the good and the bad with the state of golf right now is like, we don't have anyone that's Tiger Woods. And so there's not really that casual fan vibe where you can really get sucked in because there's this star of the sport who, you know, if he's, if he's fighting with someone else who you don't know who he is, at least you have Tiger and you can watch and you can see if he does well. On the other hand, if you're a fan of golf, it's really good because you're like, man, there's all these great players and they're so young. They're going to be here forever. You know, it's always a, it's always kind of going to be a cool thing to see who does well, who doesn't um, and who comes out on top. And so, and so that's kind of the, kind of the point that we're at right now where there's a lot of great players out there, but there's no one who is taking over the game. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, but I think that, it's, I think it's good for the sport. And then maybe, you know, I think as, as we kind of get, you know, kind of further in the season, maybe Brooks and Bryson will have another kind of feud and that'll, you know, stir things up and people will be watching golf, not necessarily to see them win, but just, you know, or maybe to kind of tune in, tune in to see them win, but you kind of end up seeing other people doing well too. So, so yeah, so we'll kind of see how it goes for the rest of, uh, for the rest of the season, as we start the kind of the new season in the new year. Yeah, and just kind of to add on to that point about it being so random for even the best player in the world to win to win the next tournament. Golf is just one of those it's one of those streaky things. It's it's a very streaky sport where like if you get on a roll in a tournament, you get on a like there's it's really rare that a guy will be at the top after, you know, cuz like Matt said, if if you don't know, the tournaments are Thursday through through Sunday, so it's four rounds, one round each day. And if a guy's in the lead after like Friday or Saturday, it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty rare that he'll drop really far. And so basically if you're doing well, like you're going to keep on doing well, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a lot, a lot of mental strength as well as, you know, just physical ability. Like it, a lot of people say, Oh, well, you know, the game's half mental. Like, no, I think golf is probably golf is probably like, 80% mental I'd say because you can you can form a good swing and you can have a consistent swing but if you're not confident in your swing and you know if you're if you're thinking what if you're thinking too much during your swing you can cause your body to do something it's it's crazy what the mind can do especially in you know in a sport where like your technique has to be literally perfect on every single shot and it's you know confidence is huge just like in every other sport but I think especially in golf it's just one of those things where like if you're not in the right mindset, you're not going to win and you're not going to even have a chance. Like we saw, I think Phil Mickelson, when, when he won the, when he won the PGA championship, it was either a couple tournaments before it was, it was like he won the PGA championship and it was either right before or right after he went like plus 10 in, in on Thursday of, of, of like the next tournament. And it's like, dude, you just won the PGA championship. You just beat, all these good golfers and then the next tournament or the, the, the tournament right before you go plus 10 in your first round of golf. Like plus, if you didn't know plus 10 is like, like I shot, look, I'm a very average golfer, not even average. I'm like very, I'm, I'm bad average. Okay. So there's like, if, if, if we're talking a meter the average is right smack in the middle, I'm like in between bad and bad average. And so like shooting 10 over, I think I shot like 12 or 13 over in my best, my best round ever. And like he shot 10. I mean, obviously it's, it's they're playing a lot harder courses than I am, but it's, it's still like, dude, 
how do you shoot that bad right after you win? It's just, it's crazy. And again, like it, it shows you how from tournament to tournament guys can just plummet. But like I said, during a tournament, it's really rare that a guy will just, you know, he'll be shooting really well and then he'll just like fall right to the bottom. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, and, and it really points to the fact that it's, it's, it is based on how you're able to kind of compartmentalize your, your mental game with your, with your physical game and being talented enough, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you psych yourself out, if you miss a putt and, and then, you know, kind of it all goes South, you're not going to be able to, to return from that. Um, and so it really speaks to how, you know, how, how, crazy it is that these guys who are really good, who are consistently good, who are ranked near the top in the world um, are able to do it on a week in and week out basis when, you know, right. You, and, and I think kind of, you know, us talking about it, you're right. You know, you can sit here listening to it and be like, dude, like these guys are talking about golf, like, and how, you know, mentally hard, like if you, if you don't know kind of how, what you're, what you, you know, what we're saying, go out on a golf course and try it for yourself and kind of, you know, get the gist of it, hit a few drives, hit, try to, you know, try to actually play well. And it, once you start hitting bad shots or if things don't go well, it, you're going to get so frustrated. You're going to get so mad. And it's like, you know, these guys are able to, you know, basically kind of, analyze that type of situation or take that situation into, into consideration and, and just completely, it's like times a thousand because you have all the money that's online. You have, you're playing against the, the best, the best players in the world. You have all the fans who are watching you and cheering you on. And it's like, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a mental game because it's a one man show and you have to be, you know, and I think kind of tennis is a good comparable example. And a lot of people say that about tennis players is like, right. If you, if you start hitting bad shots, you're, you're toast because you're not going to have the opportunity to get in your right mindset. And then the players who are able to kind of control their mindset, move on to the next shot, the next, the next, you know, point or whatever um, are the ones who are able to survive and, and who have the talent to, to really kind of win consistently. So it's, it's a big part of the game. And, um, and, and, and yeah, so, you know, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm always down to talk golf. Uh, I know we've kind of been going for a while here and hopefully, you know, everyone is loving this golf talk. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, there's, there's not really much going on right now. So we probably won't get into a lot of golf talk until probably around the masters. Uh, Cause that'll be kind of the, the next biggest time in golf. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens up until then. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully there's, there's a lot of good competition going into that and, and we can kind of have a lot of talking points uh, for, for, for that type of time period. Yeah. I'm really excited for the next round of majors because this, this past year I got, I was into the majors and I actually watched a lot more golf than I ever have like physically watched, you know, on TV, but Again, like I still kind of, you know, I followed it and I, and I knew who the leaders were throughout every, every weekend or every major weekend. But again, I, I kind of wasn't, you know, I, I'm not like Matt who researches the players and beforehand and kind of like, you know, bets on these random dudes that I've never heard of before. And they turn out to do really well. Like Matt, I don't know. It was, it was the first wasn't it like the like the first tournament in, in September or October or something no, like that? It was the first. Were you talking about the, where where I talked to you about the guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was the first. It was actually it was right before the first podcast that we recorded. So it was like probably a month ago ish. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so we were talking about it before because we were going to include golf as one of the segments to talk about in the first podcast. And I mean, we kind of just at the end, or you know, kind of right before it, I was like, "Oh, I'm super into it. Like, let's do it." And Hayden was kind of like, "Dude, like nobody cares about that." I was yeah. like, "Yeah, that's that's, that's probably true." Um, and I had all these questions written out, whatever. But anyway, so 
so right. So, so I was just kind of joking around. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, like, you know, Aaron Wise is going to do really well this week. Like I know my stuff, whatever. And so then it happened after the first round of play on Thursday, Aaron Wise was the leader after, after the yeah. first round. And I was like, I texted him and I was like, dude, I'm telling you, I know my stuff, which if I was to have bet $1 on Aaron Wise to be the first round leader, I, I literally would have won like $150. Like it was like plus 15,000 were the odds that he was going to be the first round leader. And I was like, yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen. Jeez, dude. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, again, Matt's like, I mean, well, he, he's, you know, he sports bets and like he does at every, at the end of every episode, he, he gives you guys his, his, um, his big take of the week, but it's just like, yeah, I've golf. Like, like Matt said, golf is just one of those things that it's super hard to predict. And I don't know. It was, it was just really surprising that he did that at one time. But speaking of Matt, um, do you have, do you have any, any betting? I mean, I know today's, today's our Saturday episode technically. So I don't know if you want to, I'm, I think I'm going to stick to giving out one lock at a week on, a, on, okay. the, on the Tuesday episodes. Um, that way it, we're not kind of, you know, if people want to, cause these are kind of generally meant to be more, you can kind of listen to them whenever. Um, And and so they're not really timely because, right. I mean, I'm not expecting people to be listening to this on a Saturday night, right before they're, you know, right before they're getting in their last minute bets for the NFL Sunday. So I'm just going to keep it to early in the week. That way, you know, people have a lot of time to kind of get it in, listen to it and all that. And then also, I, I also don't want to lose too many before I go and have a losing record. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's uh that's probably the same back on track though. All right. Wyoming <laughs> over Hawaii this week. You got to get it in. <laughs> but yeah, like, like Matt was saying, we, um, these, these episodes, you know, we're, it's a lot more laid back. And if, if we kind of stutter a little bit, like I just did, or if we kind of stop and, and think for a little bit, it's just because we have, we literally had like no preparation for this episode at all. We usually have, you know, we, we, we usually have topics that we go over and we kind of we're able to think about before the episode. Obviously, we don't you know, we don't write everything out in like a script or anything, but we have ideas of what we're going to say. But these episodes like this episode, I literally just texted Matt and I said, OK, well, I won't be able to do the the I won't be able to do the podcast tomorrow. So can we do it tonight? And we were trying to figure out a topic. And then I was just like, OK, well, the match is on and it's, you know, Brooks is up by three, so that's something to talk about. It's pretty interesting, and I know that Matt likes Matt loves golf, and he's been itching to talk about it. So I kind of that was kind of my uh, strategy there, <laughs> but yeah, and so he just agreed to it. So again, like we literally thought of this probably an hour before before we started recording, and so yeah, I mean it's just one of those things. These are meant more to kind of just be a, be something for you to listen to while you're doing something else that you don't really have to focus in on or. Um, or really, you know, like you don't you don't have to be focused on the actual podcast itself, kind of just background noise. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we will have a an episode out next Tuesday. Again, we've got um, we've got the last week before a conference championship week and in, in college football, which is huge. And so I bet you we're gonna have a lot more college football to talk about. Of course, NFL. And then we'll probably hit you with some NBA and NHL as well next Tuesday, since it is our non-holiday week for next Tuesday. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys next time.